Hey, podcast listeners, it's Mike. Welcome back to Leadership Trait Talk. So today's Trait Talk, Curtis Jetzel and myself talk to Brian Brooks. Brian is a global supply chain leader for a large corporation, and he's going to talk to us about what he sees as effective leadership, how to balance culture, performance, and come in as a humble leader. So hope you enjoy the show. And here we go with Brian. Hey, Mike, Mike, Mike. What time is it, Mike? It's, it's time to talk, Curtis. It's leadership trait talk time. Talk straight about leadership traits. Talking straight about leadership traits. Hey, this is Mike. And Curtis Jetzel. Hey, we're so excited about being here. We've got today with us, we've got Brian Brooks. Brian is on the west coast yeah kind of envy that a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of wish we were there, there you yeah go. right and uh he's going to be sharing with us his leadership journey we've got some questions for him and we want to introduce brian brian welcome to the show hey thanks for having me it's uh it's a pleasure to, to be here and, and yet it's, it's about a sunny almost 80 degrees here um right. in, oh. in california and and that's pretty much all the time and, and it's great where <laughs> i'm sitting at today i'm about 45 minutes from the beach and about an hour from a ski slope. Oh man, that's, I I understand why there are so many people in California. So uh, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you. We're, we're excited that you reached out to us. You gave us some thoughts on, on some subjects that you'd like to talk about. You're a leader of leaders, right? Yes, sir. Yep. I I, uh, have a a couple levels of of leadership underneath me um, in a, the development environment uh, within supply chain. Okay. So can you give us kind of your background, like how you came up in the world and what so, kept you there? Uh, so I, I'm an industrial engineer by degree uh, about 20 years ago when I graduated and uh, kind of worked through my way through operations and continuous improvement. And then about halfway through got into leadership. And so I've been uh, in leadership, um, either as just a kind of frontline position or, uh, leader of leaders where I'm at today in production control, um, in sustainment, uh, quality, and, and and now in a supply chain role. Well, supply chain. So that's a, um, that knowing the world as it is today and the, and how global we are, that's a pretty diverse field. It's a very diverse and difficult field. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. A lot of us are depending on the supply chain. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. And what's been either really a bad zero is, or a zero, <laughs> right? And nothing in between. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Hey, Brian, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about about leadership. Right. the The title of our podcast is Leadership Trade Talk, and so we like to focus on traits, behaviors, attitudes, and the things that make for effective leaders. So, tell us uh, real quick a couple of things that you think lead to you being effective and that, that you could share with, with others that might be listening? Well, thanks. So, you know, from an effective leader perspective, I, I think it really falls into two different buckets, uh, culture and performance, right? I think you, you have mm-hmm. to have a balance of both. Um, you know, if you, if you have maybe too much culture, um, which sometimes I'm, I'm kind of a, accused of. It's like you're the soft person. If you have too much performance, you're a micromanager and, and you don't care about people. So you really yeah. kind of have to you know, have a balance, right? Right. Um, 
so the the culture side is um if with starting with it because it's kind of a foundation for the results that you get you know you can either get some real quick results but on a, a pretty poor culture uh, that are just going to eventually fall apart, but you need a strong foundation to you know, truly sustain those those results. Right, right. And one of the the biggest, I think, traits for a leader for, uh, of culture is humility. Um, ah, okay. It's it's really my, um, I think my my biggest hot button. I and mean, even when I'm like, coaching others that are having difficulties with others, it's like you just need to be a little bit more humble. Okay, so so Brian, let's let's zero in on that one because that is a that's one of those it's one of the hardest things to do. It is, you, and and people, you know the the male ego as we go into our jobs is you know we got to command the room we we got to feel super important. But as I've learned in leadership, that is not the essence of leadership. It's an yeah, so to your point, Brian, the being humble. Can you give us an example of a time where you've um, been humbled uh, in a situation, maybe that you're willing well, to share. Well, yeah, I wouldn't have I've been humbled, but I, I knew I needed to come in humble. I mean, I tell you, this this role I'm in today, I was not hired for my supply chain expertise. Um, that you know, I um, I spent a few years in supply chain um, as a as a master black belt, going through the supply chain and, and looking at our buyers' processes and helping with that. But I had never actually myself purchased a part or even frontline uh, leadership of the procurement process. So when I, you know, moved to California and became the senior manager in, in this organization, you know, I didn't have that level of expertise and I had to pretty much come right out and, and tell the, the team, look, you know, all of you are, are, are smarter than me in supply chain management and, and we're going to learn and grow together and, and I'm here to help the team be successful. But I'll tell you right now, you know, I'm I'm not the expert in this field, and 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 we're going to rely on on you to, to help the team be successful. Hey, Brian, how how was that received by the the members of your team? Because a lot of times we we hear that leaders are fearful to admit that they don't know something, right? And and so how how was that received? I I think it was received very well. I had um, so it was interesting is I had, I had a good mix of managers underneath me or on the team, uh, anywhere from a couple years in leadership to somebody who's closer to 30 years and all in supply chain. And I even think maybe even applied for the job that I got. And right. he was a little bit more resistant, um, but it, it took some time that if he understood I was there to learn and, and actually with that, I. Uh, you know, I was not micromanaging him. I was not in his business and really allowed him to make, you know, all the decisions he needed to make. And then he also understood he struggled with the culture side and the, the people side. And I was able to help and coach him. And, and we kind of matched our strengths and weaknesses together to, to form a pretty formidable force. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, so ultimately you overcame or, or that resistance was, softened and he saw the value you brought because you, it sounds like you recognize the value that he brought and, and then you guys leverage that for some, for some good outcome. Yeah. And I think he, while I was surprised of me actually saying that as one of my first few sentences with him, like owning up to I me, mean, cause they knew that they just didn't know that I knew <laughs> that or, or would, 
or would share it. I mean, they knew my background. Right, or would admit it, right? Or would admit it, yeah. yeah. And and I think he was almost surprised that that was probably like the second sentence out of my mouth. I'm like, hey, I'm Brian Brooks, and um, I don't know supply chain as good as you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and it was like, uh, okay, and this is it was kind of a cool way to, to get started, and, and we've all we've developed a really good relationship since. That's excellent. Do you have him in a leadership role in your organization? Yeah, he's uh, uh, one of the managers on the team. Okay. What, did, did you see a change in his team's approach with you, or um, was, there, was there any discomfort in that initially? There, no, there was not real um, discomfort because also in the first – uh, two weeks of me moving to California, I did a one hour one-on-one with every individual contributor. So I did what, 50 of them. Um, and that was pretty much consumed my first, uh, it was really first three weeks. Um, and because it created such a different experience for the team um, and they, they all got to pretty much know me and me get to know them personally um, that quickly uh, I was able to, you know, I guess, some of the difficulties with that would be if they were just telling each other stories and they didn't really know me and they were just kind of rumor mill, but because I hit the one-on-ones really fast um, and, and they got to actually see me as a person um, that helped overcome uh, that resistance as well. Well, wow, that's, that's uh, that sounds like a great strategy. What, what caused you to, to go off and do that? Had you done that before or was that something that, that you just thought you needed to do it's, or? It's been a strategy that I've used uh, for every new team uh, that I, that I um, get on as a leader. And I, if I remember, I learned it from the, the book, the first 90 days. Um, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's one that, that, I, that, and actually we have somebody leaving um, our team to go take a leadership position, unfortunately in a different company. But um, I shared with her that book, I said, you need this. And, and that book, it was really, I, I asked the people the same five questions, you know, it's um, really like, well, just, I don't, I don't really care what you do on the team right now. Just tell me a little bit about yourself. What's going on in your life and, and what's, you know, what's, what's going on. And I have a piece of paper and I was taking notes and, you know, then I was like, you know, so what is it you do on the team? And if you were me, what would you focus on? Um, you know, uh, what, what's some of our biggest opportunities as a team? And then um, what's our biggest you know, strengths as a team. And then I collected all those notes um, that I took very feverishly and then put together a, a, a briefing. And then I called everybody in after I completed my one-on-ones and basically shared back with them what I heard and what we'd be focusing on based on uh, the feedback and the one-on-ones. Wow, that's great. So, so how long have you been in the role now? This has been um, two and a half years now. Okay. So let's go back to that original list. What's the um, status of some of those items? Were you able to institute all of them, a majority of them? And what's, tell us, tell us your scorecard so far. So I would say probably I, I had it down to the like five and it was, it was really about uh, one I'm still struggling with, which is, uh, I think it's a supply chain problem in general. Just our, our processes are, uh, so large and cumbersome. Um, there's, you know, we're having to follow the, the uh, FAR and DFAR and really kind of get through that. And so it's hard to change our processes. So we've made some strides in that, but that was really a lot of the, you know, it takes me forever to do my job because our processes are so 
you know, long and, and a lot of loopholes and, or a lot of not loopholes, but approvals that have to be right. done. Um, so I definitely not made the progress on that, that I wish I had. Um, but I do tell you that, that where I'm most proud within that list is really engaging with the team and in, um, driving the decisions down to where the information is. I think the previous, uh, area it was just they didn't feel like they were all empowered to make decisions that it seemed to always kind of filter through and uh, somebody else and and it would slow the process down as well as you know just not make a person feel great if you don't trust them to make decisions we've really worked hard at making sure you know driving down um the decisions to where the information is which i mean really ties back to humility because if i come out and i say hey you know i don't know it all and I'm sure going to make a much poorer decision than you because you know it and you have the information. So if you say this is the right thing, then I got your back. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that accountability and decision-making at a low level is, is so key. And I, you know, I guess my point of the question is, is I don't know that as leaders will ever score a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh um, no. We, we always have our, our intentions versus our reality. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's neat how you, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you went through that list and really said, you know, culturally this could be a game changer and, and made that um, decision on the having folks be able to determine their own destiny. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I think just the experience of the one-on-one, I mean, it's, it's such a simple concept, but I mm-hmm. think leaders do not do that um, very often. Um, right. And, when I was, when I was in, in sustainment, you know, I, I did it. And a lot of people told me it was the first one-on-one they had ever had with their manager. Half my team was a, was a representative population. Right. And, and it was like, this is, this feels very weird. And I, man, this is the first one I've ever had. It was even funny because I'm a, I'm a note taker and it's how I, how I remember things. And, and so one of my first questions, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. And it's like, you know, grandkids, I'm married, I've got this. And I'm like, okay, so what's your grandkids names? Oh, Susie and Johnny. Okay. Yeah. And one of the, one of my team, the, the lady stopped me. She says, why are you taking notes? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's, it's just the way I remember. And I really want to, you know, I really want to remember this and it just helps me connect. Um, and it just, so it was just such a different experience for, for her. Um, that ultimately turned out to be, you know, drive some pretty positive beliefs. Um, and so I wanted to repeat that when I came to California, because I, I had a lot of the people that, you know, when, when the senior manager came in many years before me, that was before me, um, they rarely got that type of interaction with that individual over a, you know, a several year period. And here I am within the first week, three weeks of showing up, they're getting that opportunity. That's yeah, that's great. awesome. And that, and, and what that really does is that's just creating the human connection. Right. And yep. it, it's so funny how we all um, jump on this hamster wheel of work and we forget that we're with a whole bunch of humans. Right. And just showing some interest just really creates a connection. So what you did was you created connections, Brian. Absolutely. And, and with that, you know, I, I think about, you know, that list and, uh, and flowing responsibility and decision-making down to a lower level, which also means that you've got to be ready for potential failures, right? There's going to be bad decisions made. There's going to be, you know, 
bad things tried, or I shouldn't say bad, um, things won't come out as expected or, or whatever. Do you have, do you, did you experience any of that in, in flowing it down to the lower levels? Yes. I mean, after you actually got over the hump of, of people making decisions, because it's funny you say that because that was the exact fear. It's like, okay, now all of a sudden you're allowing me to make decisions, but, <laughs> right. but, I, but I might make a wrong one. And I don't really know you yet on how you'll react to that. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And, and, and so it did take some time of like, you know, they come to me and say, well, this is what I think we should do. Okay. That sounds good to me. Well, do you want to see this and this and this? No. I mean, I, I'm assuming you, you did, I trust that you, you did the, the due diligence and this is the decision you come to, let's, let's go for it. And we finally kind of got through that hump and, and, and the decision started coming and we, we did have some, you know, some things happen. Everybody's human. And it was really a good opportunity for me because one of the things I really want to work on as a leader is my ability to coach others. Mm -hmm. And, and I had uh, run across the book, the coaching habit and oh, using man. Uh, those seven okay. questions, right? I had the little yes. questions. They're printed out in 10 point font sitting on my desk. It makes me look real smart. So I, I get them <laughs> on my desk and because somebody comes into me when, when something didn't go as planned um, and we, we go to talk about it, the, just the, the male in me wants to go and solve that problem and take the monkey mm -hmm. off their back and, and really just, well, go try this instead, or this is a decision we probably should have made. Now go do this. And to really slow down when they came in there and actually use that as a learning opportunity. I've used those questions to kind of keep myself grounded and make sure that I, I left them with the, you know, with what, what they came with, but gave them more stuff to think about and, and, um, and then learn from it because it only makes us better as a team when they go back and learn from that mistake. Right. So you, you were instilling in them the, the questions that as a leader, you're going to be looking for them to have answers to. You're right. not solving the problem for them. So they're actually learning something as they're going along. Yeah. So love it. Love it. Yeah. By the way, uh, Michael, Michael, the, the author of that coaching habit, Michael Stanier has a brand new book out and it's actually, uh, it just came out this week and, and I bought Mike a copy. Of, it's called the advice trap. It said the subtitle is be humble, stay curious and change the way you lead forever. So throw that out as a, I'll as have to check it out. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying not to take it personal. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's, that leads me to the, there's somebody told me one time and I don't remember where about the three H's when folks come into your office, uh, you ask them, which H are you needing? Do you want me to hear this? Do you want me to help you with this? Or do you want me to handle this for you? <laughs> ah, so I like it. it's always kind of a quick handle to say, and I've, I've even used it on my team and they're using it now when they walk in my office saying, Hey, I need, I need you to handle something. And as leaders, there are times when we've got to take the ball and, you know, get, some executive leadership approval or discussion or whatever. Remove some so, obstacles. Right. Yeah. But the more that they're doing for themselves, the more they learn and the better they get. So I think that's awesome. Hey, Brian, it sounds like you, you did some really intentional things there to set a great culture when you came into that role. And earlier when we started talking, you mentioned another, another aspect you thought of effective leadership and that was from performance. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about, what, what you think some your thoughts on the performance piece, I, 
you know, you hear all the time, leaders have to deliver results, right? We have to deliver right. results. And I love, by the way, that you started with culture. And you even mentioned that if you don't get the culture right, you're not going to get the results. So I, I love that. But tell us, tell us a little bit about the performance piece of this. Yeah, it, it, it is the other, you know, other half of the equation um, on delivering those results that you have to as a leader. And, and it's not about doing the work, right? When you're the leader, it, you, your job is not to do the work. And, right. uh, and the, I think the most effective habit that you can do from a performance side is helping each of your team members see how their job is relevant ah, uh, and, yeah. and really connecting the dots for them, you know, and really at, at three different levels, it's, it's the customer level of, you know, like who you're delivering, maybe your product to the company level um, and understanding of how it connects to the annual goals and type of thing. But even mo most importantly, you know, the, the individual level, which I think, um, as leaders, we miss out the most is really driving it down to the actual individual and helping them see, you know, um, how their job matters, um, at right. that, that role. Right. Well, yeah. Cause we all love to feel like we have purpose. Yeah. We want to create or contribute to something bigger than ourselves. Right? right. Understanding our why. And, and, you know, Brian, what I've, what I've seen in leadership is that when you help people understand that they control their own destiny, in other words, let's say they've taken over a process from somebody, they don't have to repeat that process if it's not effective for them, if it's not effective for the customer and give them the wherewithal to say, go ahead and challenge the process, make it better. You know, we're, we're all in a continuous improvement cycle anyway. And when people feel like they have that control, it's just an amazing results occur. Absolutely. Yeah. And even at an individual level, we try to like help our folks see, even like put a name to that individual. So Joe, the engineer is going to have a better day today because you did a good job on your, on your job. I love it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, and you're making the world a better place because Joe's going to be happy and he's going to go home and he's going to hug his kids even harder. <laughs> and, and really trying to, to show the importance because it's kind of funny. Um, I don't know if you've seen, have you seen the movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray? Oh, I love that movie. The new so, one, this one with the, where is the, the old one. So no, not the commercial. commercial. Oh, that was a commercial. <laughs> Sorry. Right. That's the Jeep. That's the Jeep commercial. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah. So these tie, right? So, so the movie are, our 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 jobs uh, where we work, right? There are, you know, it's people wake up pretty much same time. They drive the same route. They, they clock mm -hmm. in the same area. They sit down the same area. We use standard processes that are repeatable to drive business. And it, it can really start to feel like Groundhog Day. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm reliving the same day over and over. Right. But if, you, but if you can connect purpose and make sure they understand how their job's relevant, it turns into that Jeep commercial where you're excited to come to work every day. And, yeah. and you are reliving it but you're getting up and excited and, and, and diving into it. And actually when, when that commercial came up, I was like, that's exactly it. That shows you the difference between having purpose and relevance and not. Right. So how do you do that, Brian? Share, share with us one of your strategies for making that connection and, and helping your people feel that purpose. So what's, what's really good um, is, you know, far as the annual goals, we, we've got, you know, three results that we try to uh, articulate, make sure people understand. And then we, we, you know, help them understand what they're working on, how it connects that piece. But the other one was, was like I said, the individual level and saying, you know, not only 
the actual person, if you can actually put a team name or a person to, because I did a good job in buying this part, this person's going to have a better day. Um, that's the, the biggest connection. Um, and the other, the other bigger side is, is the customer level because you can find a lot of pride, um, in, you know, supporting the overall customer, but sometimes, especially in the early career, earlier levels, they feel like they're so far apart from the customer that they right. can't actually make that connection. But you can show if, if we, we have those conversations. I pull articles off of, um, you know, current events in the internet that's, you know, talk about different milestones that are happening or what's going on in the world and how what they're working on is going to support that or help that. And so you've kind of hit it from both ends when you can actually pull stuff, you know, from, from the news and say yeah. what you're working on is connecting to that. And they go, Whoa, okay. That's a big deal. Um, cool. and, and really have pride in it. And, um, you know, the other one that's, that's somewhat related, uh, is, is making sure that everybody has, you know, a way to measure a good day. Um, there was a, a vice president, uh, in sustainment that I, I used to work for and he catch you in the hallway and says, you know, how you doing? You say, Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing great today. He goes, well, how do you know? And like, <laughs> That's a good question. And so we, we try to ask our buyers, you know, we have, we have specific metrics that drive the business and, and those are measurables, but you know, I've never, I've never come home. My wife said, Hey, you know, how was your day today? And, and, she, and, and I go, man, it was awesome because you know, my PO throughput is less than 25 days. <laughs> right. Right. I, I don't use those business metrics to determine, did I have a good day or not to have a good, you know, did I do a good job? It, you know, I, I have to figure out what a personal measure is. So we do it. We, we have our, our leaders really talk to, to the, the individuals and say, you know, how do you measure your good day? And um, it can be something very specific and, and quantifiable that's in a dashboard for somebody. But I had, you know, I had just a, a new college hire. Uh, I thought he had one of the coolest answers when we were asking this question. He said, you know, I measure a good day by the number of phone calls that I make. Because oh. when, I when I first started, I was scared to death to call anybody because <laughs> I didn't want to be put on the spot. I didn't really know anything. And, and now, if I know if I'm making a phone call, I've, I've learned something and I'm confident. And if I'm making multiple phone calls a day, stuff's actually getting done. And I thought, well, that's a really cool way to, you know, kind of connect up and ensure that, man, you know, I actually made a difference today. Um, and, and I can see that. Right. That's really good, Brian. That's great. Great stuff. Well, Brian, you've, you've, uh, I've been taking notes here while you've been talking and, and uh, <laughs> just a, just a couple that, uh, kind of takeaways and some high points I took. One of the things you said, early on is you, you talked to your team about you were there to learn and, uh, and not do the work necessarily. I, I loved your one-on-one -on -one strategy that if, if I heard you right, that took 50 hours of your time early on to, uh, to go through that, which is, which is really yeah. cool that, that you took the time to do that. I heard you're talking about driving decisions down to the level where they're best made, which is, which we know is certainly an effective thing. You, you emphasize and talked about being a coach a leader as a coach and, and that coaching habit, which is incredibly good. You talked about how important it was to connect what people are doing to a purpose. And you mentioned customer company and at the individual level. And then really that, that last thing about how do you measure your day? I love that. That's, that's great. And have that be an individual thing that is, yeah, that people you, can, how do you know? 
Yeah. How do you know you had a good day? Yeah. Mike, what, what, uh, what, what notes? I noticed you were taking some notes too. Yeah. I just like the, you know, starting humbly. Yeah. Yeah. Coming in and you are all on my team and here's what I know and here's how great I am. Right. Right. Um, Making those individual connections. Um, As you said, he shared and helped them understand what their purpose was got the decision level to the lower levels at the individual levels through coaching, you know, just um, as things came up, help them understand, you know, how to course correct. And then sharing, I like, I really like the sharing the results both internally yeah. and externally. I, haven't, right. I don't know that I've done a very good job with saying, here's how we're affecting the outer world with some of the things that we're doing. Yeah. That's a great right. idea. So that's a, great a really idea. good idea. Well, Brian, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think you've um, definitely given us some things to think about, our listeners some stuff to think about. And obviously, you're on a um, great path to be a great leader for for many, many folks. Thank you. Good leadership traits. Yeah. we're talking about. Hey, Brian, if you had one one or two sentences that you would uh, kind of want to leave us with, what might that be? So I'd say that probably the, the biggest sentence is just the summary of, of making sure that you are both working on culture and performance and that you need a good balance of both. And really starting with the people, you know, the, the effort that you put into creating a, a work environment that people want to come to every day will only make your results better. And, and uh, totally and agree. Yeah, that, the good stuff, Brian. Yeah, great, it really is. It's, you know, it's, it's so hard, I think, sometimes for leaders to understand that even though the results um, are being acquired, long term, the only, the only way to improve and get even better and, and take the company to the next level is with that strong culture. And that's Absolutely. when they really feel like there's something bigger that they're part of and they really can contribute to that. So that's just huge. Well, all right, Brian. Brian, we're gonna we're gonna log off. We want to thank you very much for this. Um, thank you and and your time. Really appreciate you uh, joining us today, Brian. It was a lot of fun. Well, podcast listeners, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Brian. He did such a good job. He obviously is a very forward thinking, people oriented leader. And he understands the role of leadership versus management, um, how to work with the culture, seek performance. As you heard, he recommends getting in with your team in the first 90 days and just sitting with them and talking to them. What a great idea for leaders to, to take that time, help folks see where they're coming from, show that they're listening and understanding where the individual's coming from, and then moving forward as an organization. I want to thank Brian for his time. Uh, And if you have any ideas or thoughts or would also like to be interviewed, please reach out to us. We're eager to have some of these interviews throughout the year. And thanks for tuning in. Again, uh, your support for this podcast is really making Curtis and I um, enjoy our leadership journeys. And we hope we're enhancing yours. Thanks for your time.